0: The Morning Show The Home Team No, it's both. It's the crossover.
1: Crossover. Step back.
0: Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza
1: Kitchen right here on 960 the ref.com. Chris Brain from the Home Team, David Johnston from the Morning Show, you uh mix us together and you get the Crossover Podcast and uh here we are, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville. And also, in five points, we appreciate them. We appreciate all of you listening, whether you subscribe on iTunes, uh, listen at uh, 960theref.com on demand, or have downloaded the The 960theref app, which you can find in the App Store if you're on the iPhone, or get it in uh, Google Play if you are on the Android and, um, you know, Dave, I was wondering, are we – is anyone bothering to count these days? Are we 100 days from kickoff yet? What is the, the count? It seems like – have we just given up on that? Uh, that's a good
0: question. Um, uh, Logan and I talked about it one day last week, I think, and we were still – we were just over 100. So I don't know if we've got to 100 yet or not, but it was getting close.
1: Okay, so we are zeroing in on it. Man.
0: Oh, yeah, we are definitely zeroing in on it. In fact, I can probably – figure it out uh, while we're talking here so yeah we are uh yeah, yeah how many getting close? yeah
1: how many saturdays until hopefully well for us it's mondays i guess this year yeah um, how many mondays until kickoff
0: uh exactly so yeah how many mondays until and and uh all that stuff it's funny how there's uh believe it or not there is a website for uh for everything you can figure out anything as easy as you
1: want. Yeah, I always go to the uh there's a days until and then you can just type in whatever the, the you know the date is today and then whatever date is that whatever event is happening and then it'll spit out the number of uh of days in between. Yeah. But yeah, it just uh, it crossed my mind the uh the just the other day like I wonder if anyone's counting down to kickoff because usually that's a thing and then you get to 99 and you always get the all right, who's the best 99 in college football history that's right, and then 98 that's right. and and on down and on down. And, uh, like, usually we're probably, you know, it's around this time of year every year that you know, some of those those first preseason magazines will start hitting shelves too. But it's funny. Like, I haven't even thought about any of that stuff.
0: Yeah, and, you know, what's uh, Phil Steele usually, by the way, we're 116 days. This is uh, Thursday that we're taping this. So we're 116 days until September 7. So that would mean, what, 114 days until – Saturday, which is the 5th, and then if you want to go week 0, that would mean, what, 107 days until some of those week 0 games, if they are, in fact, played then. But, um, yeah, like, it, Phil Steele's always real good this time of year Of on Twitter. He's like, hey, I talked to certain head coach today, or I talked to somebody from a certain school today, and we talked for two hours, and we're getting closer and closer to getting this magazine together. I haven't seen any of that stuff. Yeah. Because there's, no, there's no way to do any of that stuff right now. So, does a guy like Phil Steele or Athlons or some of those other ones? Are we going to have preseason magazines this year? I mean, I, or everything will just be online? I guess I don't know. I mean, there's, I wouldn't think that they would be publishing anything, especially if they don't know when the season's going to start and who's going to be playing who, and just so many question marks right now.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, the schedule should be the uh, the big thing because one thing that seems to have have happened this week as we're recording this is there's uh it it appears there's a a pretty solid chance that Alabama and USC are not going to play each other um to kick off the season with different reports that Alabama's already fishing for a uh for another opponent but uh I know the the news a couple days ago the the California State University system saying they're canceling in-person classes through the fall that doesn't affect any of the schools in the Pac-12 and USC is a private school anyway but I guess the most recent news out of L.A., that they've extended a shelter in place for at least the next three months. So it's like, well, USC's going to have a hard time practicing then, if that's the case. And, um, you know, they're, so that game's probably not going to happen. So you start to just wonder even with you're going to print schedules and how long do you want to wait before you get something out there. But usually those Lindy's, Street & Smith's, the Athlons, they, they do usually start to pop on shelves here uh, before the end of May. So... So, would you say TCU in Alabama might be the uh, the better, at
0: least, rumor at this point? Um, I, I don't know. Greg Byrne was on with uh, – was he on Feinbaum or he was he – was, I saw something of his. He's the Alabama AD talking about the – this was a day or two ago talking about the USC game. And he was basically saying, right now, and I don't know. I hear TCU, but no one's told me about that. Uh, or that's news to me, I think was what he said. But, of course – he could just, uh, you know, be saying that because he doesn't want to tip his hand. I don't know. I mean, that's the crazy thing about this is that you just – you don't know what it means if, if USC's on a – or if uh, Los Angeles is on a strict lockdown and they can't leave, then obviously they can't play. Uh, so, I mean, who, who knows? I mean, I would think every school right now has contingency plans about what they want to do and what they don't want to do. I was I was listening to you and Jeff uh, in the five at five a couple of days ago, and I was thinking, come on, Brame, ask him if um, if the dogs want to open the season with Tech and close the season with Tech. Could he uh, could he handle that? Uh, you oh know. my goodness! Well, I'll, uh, I'll I'll be happy to throw
1: that out today. Though, <laughs>
0: to, to, to Just for some up. reason, you know, is is it worth it for Virginia to come down here and play? in an empty stadium. Uh, you know what I mean? These these pay-for-play games that are out there, I mean, do those still go on even if there's no one in the stadium? Or if there's – and I'm not saying that's the way I think it should be. I'm just saying what if that were the case? I don't know. So, I mean, I know we're we're just running through all kinds of scenarios, but, I mean, we're getting to the point now – I mean, I know it's the middle of May, but you're getting to the point where you got to start – making some, uh, you know, you got to start thinking of, of what decisions you're going to make now that there's, um, you know, the situation where, you know, the dead period has been extended now through the uh, through the month of June for recruiting, then all of a sudden you're like, well, wait a minute. That's like, you know, then you, you know, you get to July and for some teams in football, that's where you're starting the following month. So it's it's closer than it feels, even though it's still, like we said 116 days away for georgia and virginia
1: well july 1st was a date um you know this was probably back in in march you know during the early stages of this that brian kelly had thrown out there is the date that he felt like to get a team adequately prepared for a season they'd have to start by now notre dame is scheduled to play earlier because they are supposed to play navy in dublin um it, so you know, for the July first date for him might have been different for a team that was going to start uh, a little, you know, a week or so after that. But yeah, but July first was that date that he had thrown out there about a uh, about a month and a half ago. So you don't know. It's fu- It's funny. You know, you bring up that the 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 dead period was extended through the end of June because there was like this uh, this one story out there that I guess the president of of LSU said that the school the the SEC presidents were meeting. Uh, like next week, and they were going to decide whether or not June 1st or June 15th was going to be the date that they were going to have players return to campuses. And so all of a sudden, this is a story that, you know, a lot of different out- outlets were running with. And then the the, you know, the president at LSU comes back later and says, like, no, 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 I, I didn't mean that. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I know. Yeah. I mean, so it's just you, you you have no idea. But wasn't Virginia's president on like one of those Sunday? He was on Face the Nation last week.
0: Yeah. And he was saying it's like, hey, we're you know, we're we're in a situation where, we're going to have to do what's most important for us and the the guidelines and safety and all that stuff. But his overall tone was not – I mean, Virginia and even, you know, Carla Williams, who's the AD there, the tone was, you know, they're saying, hey, we want to do this and we want to do that. But at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be the case. And I don't know about you, maybe Bronco Mendenhall is a little bit different, but uh, he might be seeing this as a chance where – Hey, we don't have to get on to Atlanta as a uh, you know three touchdown underdog. We got a we got a reason to get out of this thing, and I'm sure that's not the way he sees it. But I could see in a situation with some of these teams with some games they have lined up, if it's not the best year to play a certain team,
1: hey, why not get out of it? We well, got you, a good excuse. Clay Helton probably has that thought exactly. With, uh, with exactly SC. yes, not having to square off with Saban and uh, and Alabama. In, yeah, uh, an opening weekend because they didn't they met like just a couple years ago and Obama you know, just completely squashed them just annihilated them. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, week two is what the Oregon, Ohio State yeah. in Oregon. And I mean, do you honestly think that that one's going to happen? I mean, I don't know. I could see it not happening or, you know, whatever. So that's another one where it's not just the first weekend that's affected, but a lot of these non-conference matchups. Are, uh, you know, they're going to have to try to figure out what to do with those. Is it worth it for Ohio State to go to Oregon and play them in a stadium that more than likely isn't going to have anybody in it?
1: Yeah, because their governor just, uh, I guess, last week said that, you know, they probably weren't going to have any. Uh, sporting events with fans and attendance, or whatever, at least through the uh, through the fall too. So I, I yeah. would assume that there's a return game in there. I don't know if there'd be an opportunity for them to just switch it and say, "All right, Oregon goes to Ohio State this year," or vice versa. But it still all comes back to different campuses are probably going to be different, opening up at different points of the year and. The way things look out west right now, they seem to be on a much different timeline than other parts of the country. So you've heard an awful lot of, well, listen, we don't all need to start at the same time. We don't even all need to start. If one league or one school wants to sit it out, then that's fine. But if we can play, we're going to play. And so I think that's the uh, that's the direction we're probably headed.
0: I think so, too. And um, maybe in a situation, too, where, it's just um, NCAA be damned these schools are gonna gonna do what you know what works best for them and I think the NCAA is gonna have to kind of roll with that I don't think they're gonna have you know much of a choice there and they've already kind of said it's like hey there's there's probably not going to be official start dates for not just football for a lot of these sports because we got to figure out you know when we can start some of these sports and it may just be up to the conferences to figure that out and by the way the return game for oregon and ohio state columbus is next year so um yeah could they just flip then Who know i don't know but what so for oregon to go to ohio state this year but you know would would they be you know sheltering in place you know in oregon would they i don't know
1: yeah i, mean, I don't know and then i think michigan is was is scheduled to go to washington week one because that was potentially, hey, Alabama, why don't you just play Michigan then? But, you know, they're talking about – because I guess TCU goes to Cal. So, if you're thinking yeah. that um, with the way things are looking in California, that it would be a long shot for Cal to, to get going, then maybe the uh, – you know, so TCU and Bama could just hook up instead. But I guess – well, I guess Bama and Michigan actually just played in the Citrus Bowl. So, maybe they didn't want to play back-to-back They want to games. do that
0: again. And I did look. It's like, well, TCU could switch with – um with USC and Cal could switch, uh, you know, or whatever, with, with what, you know, you got there in that first weekend. and But, I mean, USC and Cal do play in the regular season. Um, I, all, this, see all this stuff's just scrambling my brain. It's like, I guess, you know, a month from now, it, it still seems – it's like it's not that far away, which it isn't. But then again, a month ago – it, things seem so much more different than they do now so it's just you know with this wait and see and and, and try to figure out you know exactly uh you know what's gonna happen you know what about like Hawaii <laughs> is anyone going to Hawaii to play yeah. Are they just you know what what are they gonna do you know so uh I I, I don't know it's just it's just, you, you don't know right now. That's the that's the crazy thing. I
1: think Hawaii maybe had a game early on against one of those either Fresno or San Jose or uh, or San Diego State because, I mean, those are the first three dominoes where it's like, well, they're not going to play then if their campuses aren't yeah. open. So
0: so Hawaii opens at Arizona, and that's a, that's a week zero game, actually. That's uh, August 29th. Okay. And then they host UCLA on Labor Day weekend on uh, September 5th. And then they have a game against Fordham. I'm, I'm sure that one's going to happen. They're going to host Fordham on September 12. We'll see how that one works out. And then they're supposed to go to Oregon the week after that. Uh, so, I mean, who knows? And then, like you said, uh, the schools that are in – I get the California State University system, like San Jose and Fresno and, uh, I guess, San Diego – those are all on their schedule. So, what potentially might go, you know, go with those schools? I, I don't know. And they're supposed to, it's weird on their schedule, they're going to Fresno, going to San Jose, and going to San Diego State. So, they play all three of those teams in California, where they're already announcing that they're not going to have any students on campus. I, I,
1: yeah. I don't know. Which makes it, you know, probably a long shot that they're going to have. A football season but yeah I mean yeah I does Shamanod no
0: have a team does a Hawaii Hilo have a team Hawaii might be playing a bunch of in-state opponents
1: yeah well we know they've uh we know Chaminade's got a hoops team yeah, <laughs> that's right they're pretty famous for that but yeah yes. I, I don't know it's like you know, you like the the bean counters or whatever because I know Chip Towers had a story in the AJC a couple days ago and in the first paragraph of the story there were two different opinions one of them was from the AD at Florida, Scott Strickland, who is, oh yeah, we're planning on playing and we're going to have people here and it's going to be great. And then in the next sentence, it was the opinion of an infectious disease expert at Tennessee who went, there ain't going to be anyone at Neyland Stadium this fall. And now while both of those are opinions, I get it. It's like, I think I am more apt to probably side with the one of those two who's an actual scientist. <laughs> yeah, And so, you know, you try and keep a... Trying to keep up and stay positive as best as I can, but it's and and it's great. The people in the sports world that are running it are all doing the same thing and not rushing out and making any decisions that are definitive of we're not having this, we're canceling that and ca- that because we know there's a lot of there's a lot of money at stake in there. But then you know you start paying attention to what you know doctors and scientists are saying about it and then it just leaves you feeling a little it seems a little more grim but you know we'll uh you know we'll see because we are still as we're recording this 116 days away from kickoff
0: and um you did see and actually this was a little earlier today again we're recording this on on thursday whatever the date is may 14th that scott strickland the ad at florida is saying hey if pro teams want to come and use our facilities bring it on we'll be more than happy to we've got a world-class football stadium we got a state-of-the-art basketball arena and we got a brand new baseball stadium so come on and uh play in Gainesville so he's obviously very you know proactive on getting things going and and helping out with whatever needs to be done there so he's uh he is all about trying to get anything going and and I don't have a problem with that Uh, if it can be done safely and and it, it it helps get uh sports going again. I am all for it myself, but he's definitely been a you know, he's he's ready to get rolling too, even if it involves using the uh the pro teams that might come to Florida.
1: Well their their governor and uh the governor at Arizona both uh, have said that their states are open once again to uh to pro sports, although at least in Arizona, I don't know about Florida, but Arizona's did say like no fans though. You know, pro sports right. can can continue or resume again and in the state, but still at the point where you're not going to be able to do it with fans. So, but Joe Buck says that Fox is planning to um, they will put digital fans in seats if uh, they have to broadcast games with no spectators, and also like pump in crowd noise during the broadcast. So they'll do their best to simulate an actual atmosphere.
0: So that's just um, you know anything they can do to try to uh, make it seem more normal, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I've been watching these Korean baseball games in the mornings on the you know, when we're doing the morning show, and uh, you know I don't have the volume up, so I'm not hearing them. But you know, it they're they're playing the games, and the uh, you know the players are getting into it, and they have a few cheerleaders on top of the dugouts, and and I know there's not a whole lot of uh, atmosphere there but you know they're pushing through and I guess that's probably what we're going to eventually see here with whatever sports teams you know coming up this weekend I know we've got the first NASCAR event uh, PGA will have some events coming up about a month from now so we'll start to see what things look like when you've got a situation where there aren't any fans but I'm, I'm curious to see but I'm just glad something will be getting played
1: yeah korea they've got those cardboard cutouts behind home plate <laughs> no, it's so like, it looks why? like people are sitting there it's just weird <laughs> yeah yeah this is weird all right uh, the crossover podcast is presented by fully loaded pizza kitchen in uh, athens and watkinsville the athens location in five points watkinsville in the manders crossing shopping center chris and dave with you here on 960theref.com you can su- subscribe on itunes or uh download the 960theref app Find it in the App Store on the iPhone or get it in Google Play on the Android. We'll take a little break here, come back and hit uh, quickly on a couple of topics. Uh, we are in talking season in college football, and uh, it is interesting that there's so much uh, ink being spilled about Florida and Tennessee in the offseason. And uh, Falcons offensive co- coordinator Dirk Cutter had some uh, interesting uh, comments about new Falcons running back Todd Gurley. So we'll, uh, we'll touch on that as well. The Crossover Podcast Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen, here on 960theref.com and the 960theref app. You know it's just a matter of time before you'll want some comfort food, like a big ooey-gooey pizza or juicy wings. But you can curb those cravings with Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen's curbside service. Just go to fullyloaded.pizza and pay by credit card. Then once you arrive, call them with your name and car description. They'll bring all your comforting favorites out to you. Get comfort food curbside with Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen at 5 Points in Athens and off Mars Hill Road in Watkinsville chris and dave the crossover podcast part two presented as always by fully loaded pizza kitchen in watkinsville also find them in five points here on 960 the and the 960 the ref app so yeah i've been um i've really been uh taken in by the uh not taken aback so much but just uh i've been consumed by the the off-season chatter as we are in talking season in college football and Uh, there's been so much about uh, the Gators or the team to beat in the East, and even with uh, Tennessee's recent uptick in recruiting, this idea that Tennessee is all of a sudden going to bounce back too, and here's little old Georgia, three straight SEC championship games for the Dogs, and there doesn't seem to be as much attention being paid to to what we've got going on here in Athens.
0: Yeah, and... um You know, there was, you know, many moons ago, it seemed like Georgia was in this boat where there was all this kind of momentum, you know, even Steve Spurrier would, would rag, you know, know, rag Georgia about uh, being the National Signing Day champions and all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, you know, when the fall rolled around, you know, what happened, that kind of thing. And it's not like Tennessee's not putting together a good class, I mean, they are, but it's just like, if you just peel off a couple of the layers, you got to look and say, oh well, they they've got a uh, they've got a big class right now, more than other schools do. And if you just go by the uh, you know the laws of um, you know a, a bigger crowd, they've got a better class right now. But you know, when when um, national signing day rolls around, whether you know it's in December or whenever it ends up being, you, know, you got to figure some of these guys that they've that they've got commitments from probably won't still be with them, and um, you know other schools will be, be uh, signing their own four- and five-star guys that are still out there. So, I mean, it's not that it's, it's a bad class or anything, but it's just interesting how there's just all this hype. Maybe it's because of the Ronas and everybody needs something to, you know, yell about and get triggered over. You know, if you're Tennessee, you're loving it. If you're not, then, you know, you got to. Yeah, I got to get mad about something. I don't know, but yeah, it is kind of funny how that is going.
1: It just—it's like every year you seem to be in the spot where as well, man, Tennessee's going to be back. Tennessee's going to be back. Tennessee's going to be back. I'm like, well, they haven't been good now for like a decade. I mean, I don't know. There's no guarantee they ever will be uh, back, and they are—they have had a, a solid little two or three-week run. But you know, my point has been what they've done over the last two or three weeks. George has been doing for like four years. So you've already got pundits that are. Throwing it out there based on a two week recruiting uh, uptick here that Tennessee's going to win the East in, you know, within the next three years. Meanwhile, if you look at like 24 7 sports, if their crystal ball projections hold by the time we're through uh, signing day, whether it's in December or the the one in February, like Georgia's going to have signed four of the top 12 players in the country. So, you know, by then, I'm going to guess that Georgia's signing class is going to rank ahead of Tennessee's. Do you think Alabama is going to stay
0: 48
1: or do you think they'll move up? (laughs) Yeah. What do you you think? I'm going to say they're going to move up. Yeah. Yeah, they're 48 right now, though. On the two four seven sports composite, that is pretty yeah. wild to see them that low. But
0: I, I think s- there were. I think they're below tech. I might be wrong. Uh, but you know, <laughs> I mean, it's it is kind of funny. I think Auburn's at least as of this morning. Bama was forty eight. and Auburn was fifty. And uh, I was wondering if you think. It'll stay that way. It'll probably change a little bit probably uh, next year. I know
1: it is like it it is like really early in the process still though. But I that has to be like the lowest Alabama's ever been since (laughs) Saban took over, right? I know. I mean, for this early, I mean, I
0: guess I don't know. I mean, it's just it's just funny to see that. But um, yeah, just to to see them, I'm seeing if anything has changed on them. Uh, Let's see, still 48, Louisville 49. Auburn fifty, Oklahoma by the way forty seven. All those schools though trailing Northern Illinois, who's checking in at forty six right now. Yeah, come on, Bama, come on, Auburn. What are y'all doing? Tech right now sitting at
1: number thirty nine. Well, Saban's what is he now? He's about to be seventy at age. He's catching up with him. He's getting that's getting. Uh, those coaches are out there recruiting against him using that now. Just learning this email thing, right, or whatever it is. Yeah, so, yeah he had to it's learn catching email. up with him. Because what do you say? Well, Miss Terry used to send his emails, but now she refuses and sees it home all the time. <laughs> <laughs> George is sitting at seventeen, in case you were
0: wondering, but way, way, way below number two, Tennessee. Yeah. So,
1: but again, there. like Georgia's projected to land. They've already got Brock Vandegrift committed, and then there's including Amaris Mims, There's three others in the top twelve that they are favored to get so um, like by you know by the time we're done with this i'm gonna guess george is gonna have bumped up there and then we'll see if uh we'll see if everyone's still projecting tennessee to win the east in three years
0: yeah the, this uh cornerback from virginia tony grimes is another one that I yeah think that uh there's also the safety from florida james williams like you were talking about brock vandegrift so yeah not looking too bad right now for uh for the bulldogs
1: Meanwhile, uh, over in Atlanta, Capital <laughs> City, uh, Dirk Cutter was uh, talking up new running back, uh, new Falcons running back Todd Gurley, and, and did, did concede that Gurley is a heck of a player. But then this is the part that, uh, that troubled me when the offensive coordinator of the Falcons said, Yeah, but the main question is no one seems to know what his health status is. <laughs> Now, Thomas Dimitrov is like, oh, we did our due diligence on him, and that's why we signed him and all that, so he'll be all right. But the OC's painting a different picture there. Like, well, I mean, he's a heck of a player if he's healthy, but I have no idea, like, how I'm going to use him at this point.
0: Well, I like where he says, uh, you know, um, what's his workload going to be? What's his health status going to be? You know, he, I mean, he loves him, like you said, but he just doesn't – said he averaged about 17 touches a game which is a little bit lower than when he'd been an all pro. We'll just have to find out once he gets here, get him up and running. Like he's an old horse or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. But as of right now, you have no idea and I, you know, I, so the the deal was done without the the usually there's you know, the a physical has to be taken and passed and all that and you know, I guess Atlanta insists that there's language in the contract that protects them and also protects uh Gurley, but then you know, the NFL just announced that they're Off season will remain virtual through what? At least is it the middle of June now? They've extended it to for at least another month, yeah. Um, Or I guess at least through the end of this month. So through the end of May, so you're still at a a spot with Gurley's knee where you're not going to be able to know for sure if there can't be any contact with anyone for at least another like two or three weeks. But so
0: what did you come up with? You and Jeff did your uh, game by game. Logan was very optimistic. He says eight and eight. I got five and eleven. Uh what did you guys come up with for the Falcons?
1: Jeff did six and ten. I did uh, I rolled in with another seven and nine. Okay. Yeah. All right. So y'all are in in between us there.
0: What is uh what is Vegas putting their over under at right now? I believe it's eight
1: and a half. Eight, eight and a half for the Falcons? It might be eight and a half or seven and a half, but it's wow. it's somewhere in that mediocre range. I've got the the Falcons projected to be um favored i, I think there, i think i had them favored seven times this year which is why i went seven and nine yeah them. that makes sense but two of
0: those i guess are the panthers and uh that they're favored in and i you know I, they uh it just doesn't look like the roster right there is is uh at least at the moment is what they need for the the schedule they have they have a very tough schedule and that's what has me going going low on their uh, on their over under but then again this this coaching staff and, and Thomas Dimitrov I mean it's like you think they're gone and they're not so maybe they'll have some kind of revival season they'll save their jobs. And then we'll be back to where we've been the last few years with
1: them. Well, it's a team that the last two years has gotten off to terrible starts. Uh, Most notably, last year when they were one and seven heading into the bye, and everyone thought, well, Quinn's going to get fired, and then he never did. And then so this year they got Seattle at Dallas and then at Green Bay, three of their first four games. Like, well, I mean, what's their record going to be coming out of that? Like one and three, right? Two and two at the best. At best. Yes. Yes. And if
0: it's like this past season, they're going to be 0-4 and, and getting blown out in the first half of every game as if they hadn't even scouted their opponent or even practiced. So at least, let's hope that there's at least some fight in them in the first half of these games.
1: Yeah. I, the home the home schedule is what they've got to, to manage. I think the road schedule is just, it's brutal with that game at Dallas. Then they got to go to Lambeau. I guess they catch a break there that that game's early, so they don't have to worry about it being cold. But... Uh, December 27th and Arrowhead Stadium could be frigid in between two games against Tom Brady. So, Yeah, and they've
0: got uh, they got to go to L.A. the week before the Buccaneers. So they have the Buccaneers t- two in the last three games and the Chargers before that on the road and the Chiefs uh, on the road in between, like you said. And I think the Bucks again, since they probably won't have a quarterback who's trying to sabotage them by throwing all these picks – they still won seven games despite what Jameis did last year. So if if Tom Brady takes care of the football, I would assume they're going to be at least a couple of games better than that. And by that point of the season, it might be Tampa trying to get a a, a playoff spot. in the yeah, Fal- I don't know, but. Uh, I still have a good feeling but i hope i'm wrong i will be more than happy to be wrong i would love to see the falcons do a little although to be honest with you for the long term 5 and 11 would be better than 7 and 9 or 8 and 8 for them so if it got uh, them a
1: better draft pick and then finally also got them new new personnel absolutely yeah
0: absolutely sometimes you have to lose some battles to win the war and that might be where they are right
1: now well like you know last year when they when they got hot at the end of the year and finished strong like okay they beat kyle allen twice they beat gardner minshu once you know they did win out at san francisco in a game that the niners were coming off back-to-back road games at baltimore and new orleans and had like six starters out on defense so this year though what is it five of their last seven games are against drew Brees, tom brady and patrick mahomes yeah I know. I mean, so that's not Kyle Allen and Gardner Minshew anymore. (laughs) No, exactly. Uh, So yeah, I mean,
0: that's the thing. They're, you know, they're they're going to see a tough second half of the season, and uh, overall the schedule is very very tough as it is. But you know, at this point, you know what would be best for the franchise overall? Well, yeah, to have a great season. But if that's not the case, another another marginal season just you know doesn't do them any good that's the problem if they're still drafting in the middle every year they're kind of going to end up getting stuck like the hawks used to always get stuck where they were good but not great and they were always kind of drafting up top yeah you're and, in no or, excuse me land. in the middle and there were years where they've been drafting up top it would have really helped them out it almost feels like that's where the falcons are right
1: now yeah and then I'm to the other sidebar, too. The way the NFL does its schedule is, you know, Atlanta, yeah. Atlanta's schedule this year now has Seattle and Dallas on it instead of potentially either you're playing like the Rams or the Giants or Washington.
0: Yeah, because the Falcons and Bucks finished both worth 7-9 and nine last year. So, but the Falcons ended up, I guess, being ahead on the tiebreaker. So, Tampa gets the third place schedule. They get Brady and Gronk. And uh, you know they seem to have a lot more of the momentum. Like you said, they are playing the Giants in New York on a it's a night that's on November second. So I guess that would it's an eight fifteen kickoff. So whatever. I think that that's what is that a that, that's, that's not a Thursday game, is it? I don't I don't have the days of the week in front of me, but uh, yeah. So they get the Giants there. They get some help on that one too. So I mean, at least when you look at the Buccaneers road schedule. You know, they go to Denver, they go to Chicago, they go to Vegas. Uh, they go to – but they play the Giants on the road. They get the Panthers on the road. They got the Lions on the road. They got the Falcons on the you – know, well, obviously division. But of their non-division games, they've got a much easier road schedule that they could navigate as well. Yeah.
1: I mean, the got, and the Falcons is brutal. You got the Falcons is brutal. You got Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, and Kirk Cousins who blew them out in Minnesota last year. And then you got, of course – Breeze, Mahomes, Brady, and then I guess whoever's starting for the Chargers, either Tyrod Taylor or, you know, at that point, maybe it is Herbert. Who knows?
0: So, yeah, I mean, yeah. at that point, who knows? So, uh, fun to speculate on. And hopefully, and at this point, who knows if the NFL schedule will look like what it looks like right now. Although, it, if I'm going to bet on any league right now looking like it, you know, will be more normal than any other league, it's the NFL with what they've done so far here through the uh, through the coronas but they haven't had their you know they haven't had this drop in the middle of their season either so they haven't had to deal with the same things that football or excuse me that baseball and basketball and and soccer and the and hockey have had to deal with too so yeah
1: no they've been able to do things that they could pull off virtually which they uh yes which they have yeah because I guess there was the one sneaky thing that they they did was if you look at all schedules I believe, weeks two and three there are no division games anywhere uh, scheduled so I guess that's where you could potentially see a plan if the season had to get pushed back that you might just be able to eliminate a couple games there that wouldn't be divi- like for, for the Falcons it would be Dallas and Chicago
0: so did they do so that's interesting so did they admit that or is that just something that was kind of I think just that's
1: kind of, you know, was n- noticed. I don't know if that was anything that was... A f-
0: so are there any teams in Week 2 and 3 that have two home games or two road games? I'd have to go back and look. I know the Falcons don't.
1: You, know, you mean like, yeah, back-to-back Like one if way you lost another.
0: Weeks 2 and 3, would every team be the same where they lost a home game and a road game?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm looking real fel- like Arizona has two home games uh, okay, in so, Weeks 2 all right. and 3. So yeah, there are a couple of those, but there are... Um, although maybe I'll have to like, I'm now I'm just a uh, look. Buffalo plays the Dolphins week two. So maybe it might be weeks three and four, but there are two, I think it's weeks three and four where okay. there are no, no division games okay. anywhere. Yeah. That looks right. Well,
0: that would be, yeah, that would be a, a sneaky smart way for the NFL to, to build in a, a little bit of a buffer if they needed to do that for sure. Yeah.
1: And then I guess you could then just push back whatever the games of week one and two were you would start the season there and just eliminate those three and four games because there are division games the first two weeks but yeah uh scanning again yeah week three and four there no one plays a division game interesting yeah and so then that's what so then weeks three and four to your point a quick little scroll (laughs) it appears yeah no one has either no one has back to back home or away everyone is home or away so yeah you'd see so they slid that in there so they hey, they've got a little secret plan that's smart on their part yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that's
0: that's that's good yeah smart on their part for sure all right well so, do, yeah go ahead sorry no i was just going to say so if that's the case i'll you know the nfl has you know, hey, look, they they could have canceled or postponed or done something with the draft, but they fought through and, and it worked out well for them. And, uh, I, you know, I, again, I wouldn't bet against them for any of this. And it is a little bit easier for the NFL than it would be for, for, for colleges just because of the situations being different. But, you know, I feel more comfortable trying to talk about and project the Falcons – over Georgia or Alabama or you know Auburn something like that you know an NFL team just because it's they don't ha- quite have the same obstacles they're having to deal with that the uh, that the NCAA is having to deal with. Yeah,
1: I mean there are fewer teams. There's only 32, and it'd be easier to tell the the, the New York Jets that you're going to go and play your home games in the swamp in Gainesville, Florida this year. <laughs> so. Scott Strickland says, "Bring it on." Yeah. Yes. Well, Dave, uh, continued best to you and uh, all your same family. To you. And we will say hey to Linda. I hadn't seen her in forever. Yeah. Well, same with Carol. <laughs> I, the, I mean, it's, it's... yeah, it's just, it's, I was just thinking the other, I mean, earlier today about our pal Evan. Like, I haven't seen Evan in, now months, but I haven't seen anyone here in months. I know. but it... Evan is like, you know, he just lives by himself.
0: I know. I texted with him a couple of times and he's texted back, but I know it's just weird not having seen. A lot of uh, a lot of folks that we're we're used to seeing on a uh, on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, because I was thinking about Evan the other day actually, because he has a story with uh, Jerry, the great Jerry Stiller, uh, passing away. He was at a uh, blackjack table in Vegas once with uh, huh. with Jerry Stiller. Oh my god! So yeah, I mean yeah, we need to get Evan back so he can uh, he could tell us more about that. Oh my gosh, for for sure, I yeah. want to hear that. Uh, yeah, well, Dave, continue best to you, and I guess we will chat again next week. Sounds good. All right. Uh, thanks a lot again to all of you for checking us out. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, listen on demand at 960theref.com, or download the 960 the ref app. For Dave, I'm Chris. This has been the Crossover Podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville and Five Points on 960theref.com and the 960 the ref app.
0: You've been listening to The Crossover, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen on 960theref.com.